If you haven't listened to the episode with Colonel Mark Reed of West Point, I recommend it. His story is one of my favorite stories to tell. But I mention him now not because of his story, but because when I went to visit him the second time, it turned out that Ruth Bader Ginsburg, the Supreme Court Justice, was speaking at West Point. Colonel Mark Reed being a colonel, he could get me in, and I got to see her speak. It was amazing. Actually, it started off, there was, I believe, a brigadier general. I think that's a three-star general. Did a fireside chat with her. So they were on stage, and there were, I don't know, a few hundred, maybe a thousand people in the audience. Everyone rapped with attention. There was an introduction, and they came out, and there's a, like a rug on the stage with two chairs, and the two of them came out and sat down. First question, if I remember right, the Brigadier General introduced Ruth Bader Ginsburg with all sorts of, uh, you know, talking about her life and things like that, and then asked her a question. What I remember was Ruth answering with like one or two words preliminarily before really answering. And after that couple words in the pause, that pause made it sound like she was, how do I put it, you know, uh, not fully there, not with it. And I think there was, I remember a palpable feel in the audience that everyone was thinking, oh no, she's 80 something years old, 84, 85. We have a Supreme Court justice who's not really there. This is, this is going to be unpleasant. We're all going to be stuck here listening to someone being, uh, I don't know how to describe when people have lost it. And then she started talking and we were totally wrong. She was funny. She was clever. She was witty. She talked about her career and all the ups and downs and her married life and the support that she gave her husband and her husband gave her. And all. it was an amazing talk. She won the audience. Not that we needed winning over, but it was just amazing. Everyone loved it. Partly because, oh, she talked about, I think it was Alito would pass her notes during arguments that were designed to make her laugh. They had severe disagreements on the Supreme Court because they came from different perspectives. And it was just lovely to hear. If you didn't know, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, I think twice a week, works out in the weight room. She lifts weights, she does bodyweight exercises, she's got a trainer, and if you look up Ruth Bader Ginsburg exercise, then you'll see that the trainer's made a name for himself. There's lots of reporters who've gone to work out with her, and they're like, this is a serious workout. And all this stuff about Mark Reed and West Point and Ruth Bader Ginsburg is to introduce going to the gym, because this is something relevant to the environment. Anyone who goes to the gym enough, at some point, you will see, let's just say it's a guy, let's keep it all, just to keep the, uh, the pronouns simple. Some guy will come in who's never been to the gym before. And let's just talk about lifting weights. There's lots of things you could do at the gym. I could easily talk about yoga. I could talk about running or cardio. I could talk about any physical exercise. I could talk about acting or singing, any performance-based activity. Let's just talk lifting weights because I was talking about Ruth Bader Ginsburg. If you go to the gym long enough, eventually some guy will walk in who has never lifted weights but has read a lot and has researched a lot and has watched all these TED Talks on this sort of thing and comes in and believes himself to be an expert. Sometimes you'll see that this guy who's never been to the gym before, maybe he's been once or twice, will walk up to someone who's been going to the gym regularly and has been, you know, knows what they're doing from experience. Occasionally that guy will come in and start going up to the guy who's been there many times and say, you know, if you grip it this way or if you stand that way, you'll get a better exercise or something like that. And the, and the new guy who believes himself an expert will start giving advice to the guy who's been there for a long time. The guy who's been going for a long time will look at the other and it's like he looks at him and thinks this guy doesn't even know enough to know how ignorant he is. He doesn't even know enough to, to know how foolish he sounds. He's giving advice on something he doesn't know about. Now, if the guy keeps going for a little while, he'll start realizing all that 
reading and watching videos and whatever he was doing outside the gym doesn't measure up to actually lifting weights, builds muscle, builds strength, builds endurance, balance, self-awareness, things like that. There are some things that if you don't do them, you don't know what you're talking about. No matter how much you read, no matter how much you watch, no matter how much you debate, you don't know what you're talking about. Anyone who's done yoga knows you'll see the instructor go into a pose and you think, oh, I just moved my feet there, my hands there. And, and then you do it and you realize there's like a million more variables than you realized. It takes a long time to do even some simple poses, let alone the stretching part or the balance part. Just to get in the right position is really hard. I'm sure people have been doing like downward dog for many, many years and still are refining their pose. In the area of the environment, everyone, basically no one is acting. You name one well-known global figure Gret, I'll give you, and out of 7 billion other people, or let's just talk about world-renowned people, no one is remotely trying to live by their, by their environmental values, trying to live sustainably. They're like the person who read a lot. These people have read a lot about the environment. The issue about the environment is not just carbon dioxide levels, mercury levels, and lead levels, and PCBs, and things like that. It's what we do about it, our behavior. That's the issue. If you have not acted, anyone who has not acted, they're like the guy at the gym going around telling people advice without having done anything themselves. They don't know that the problem is not, it's not that there's too much carbon dioxide in the atmosphere. That's the symptom. That's not the cause. The cause is our behavior. And if they haven't done the behavior, they don't know what they're talking about. They tell people, this is what government should do. This is what organizations should do. This is what corporations should do. This is what other people should do. But they haven't done it themselves. They haven't gotten to where they get the benefit, the joy they will love doing it, just like people who lift weights. You like the strength. You like the balance. You like the coordination. You like the self-awareness. You like the ability to, the discipline. If you do it, if you just read about it, you just don't know what you're talking about. Here's a big difference, though. Go to the gym. You're liable to find people who actually do go to the gym enough to know what they're talking about. In the environment, no one. It's like a whole bunch of people, all of them saying, I read this. You should do that. And the other people, they read something, but they haven't done it. We have a whole world full of people who haven't done it. They've just read and researched and they're debating and talking and analyzing, but they haven't actually gotten the experience. They don't know what they're talking about. And so we have a whole world full of people ignorantly telling people, others what to do, and they're not even telling them what to do effectively because they don't know themselves what to do effectively. They also haven't experienced that joy, and so that they think that other people won't like it. They think that they won't like it. So all their advice is, grounded in a foundation of you're not going to like this, but you have to, as opposed to you're going to love this. So that's completely missing. It's not just that they're ignorant about what works, what doesn't work, what it's like. It's like they don't even know how it feels. They don't know. They're telling other people what to do because they don't realize that when they do it themselves, they'll want to do it more. There's another example, not just going to the gym or yoga or any physical activity. I don't have any children. Any parents out there? I read some of Dr. Spock's book, How to Raise a Baby, something like that. If you look in my webpage, I have a list of great opening lines to books. And I think the opening line to that book is, you know more than you think you do. Ah, my sisters have kids. I was once a kid myself. Maybe I'm an expert. Maybe I should know. Maybe would you take advice from me on how to raise a child? Do you think I have any idea? I think within the first 10 seconds of parenthood, you learn more through experience, through the feelings that you get than I get in all of my watching other people with parents, uh, other people being parents. 
would you take advice from me? Would I know what I'm talking about without having spent the sleepless nights and all that stuff? I don't think so. And yet, in the area of the environment, we have all these people who have not done a single thing or have done minimal things. And they think that all the things that they do are like horrible, going without straws. They don't realize the joys and the benefits. We live in a world of people who believe themselves experts, who have done so little that they are so ignorant that they don't even know how ignorant they are or how foolish they sound. And that's what we have passing for leadership in the air of the environment. I'm talking about leaders, but it's also the rank and file. If you listen to me now, have not done something significant based on what you deeply care about, you know, going through the process that I talk about in my first TEDx talk and I do with all my guests of what does the environment mean to you and invite you at your option to act on it. If you haven't done one of these things and you're thinking it takes too much time, it takes too much money, it deprives me from all these other things, you don't know what you're talking about. You will love acting on the environment when you really get into it. You will love being a part of something greater than yourself. What to do about that? Well, for yourself, I recommend not making the measure of action. Are you going to fix everything on the whole planet? Is what you're doing enough to fix everything? I recommend thinking of it more like, is this something that I can learn from? If you go to lift weights once, twice, even for a year, you're not going to become Arnold back in his heyday but you're going to learn. You're going to learn what you're talking about. And once you learn, you're going to learn, you're going to like it. You're going to want to do more. And unlike the gym, which benefits yourself mainly, environmental action benefits everybody. And the opposite of environmental action, keeping doing what you're doing, if you're polluting a lot, that hurts everyone. So you'll get the benefit of helping others. And you'll get the benefit of learning yourself. And the more that you do it, I predict you're going to like what, you, what happens to you. Broccoli tastes better than Doritos if you drop the Doritos long enough for your taste buds to recover. Apples taste better than ice cream if you go long enough without the ice cream. Apples, actually, you'll get a more sweet sensation in your life despite having less sugar. And you'll get richness and complexity of flavor that's just not available when the primary sweetener is just straight sugar. And acting environmentally, stewardship is infinitely more rewarding than polluting behavior. I know you want to see the Eiffel Tower. You want to go to your grandmother's funeral. You think your work requires it. You'll have more autonomy at work. You'll have more opportunities to advance your career. You'll have more adventure in your life. But most of all, you will get one of the great feelings available to humans, which is the feeling of contributing, being a part of, being swept up in something greater than yourself, greater than all of us, which is what stewardship is about. It's about taking other people, helpless others, people who are helplessly affected by what you do. When you fly, what comes out the back of the jet the military that maintains the supply lines throughout the world. These things affect everyone in the world, including the, some, something like 80 or 90% of people who can't fly because they can't afford it, it's not available to them. It hurts them. So be like Ruth Ginsburg. Go to the gym. Learn about exercise by doing it. And exercise not polluting. Be a part of something greater than all of us.